0: Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. Amanda, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. You know, just taking life as it comes, Juliet. We're, we're deep into the Adele PR cycle, so we're going to talk a lot about that. We're also going to talk about some other uh, happenings in the celebrity verse. John Mulaney and Olivia Munn. We got some Kirsten Dunst. We got some cousin Greg, aka Nicholas Braun. I think he's Nick Braun to his friends, but I'm gonna stick with cousin Greg. That's what feels okay. like to me. What I'm sure that's
2: exactly what he doesn't want, but also well, completely inevitable to, for him. So uh yeah. Here,
0: I'm gonna pose a question to you and, and mm-hmm. you can answer it at the end of the podcast. Ready? Okay. Yeah. Who will be forever? Who, who will have more inextricability to their signature role? John Hamm and Don Draper? Nicholas Braun and cousin Greg. Wow. Let okay. Let's sink in. We'll come back to it at the end. Okay. That's it's, a great, it's a great question. Thank you. Well, else John Hamm was on curb your enthusiasm this week, which really kind of made me think about it again. Anyway, right. Larry David's so nice. to So many people, Lucy Lou was also on like a lot of people <laughs> who just like, haven't thought about it in a while. It's like, this was great. And if you want to hear more about curb, by the way, check out Bill Simmons and Joe House talking about it on the ringer prestige TV podcast. On that note, let's dive in. Adele. Adele. Um, since we last spoke on the mic, Easy On Me came out, her song. Um, several Vogue videos came out. We will be discussing the 73 asterisk questions with Adele. Um, she announced that she's doing a CBS special with Oprah produced by um uber producer of studio set pieces at this point ben winston who is um james Corden's like producing partner and friend um and there's just a lot she also was courtside the lakers um, home opener wearing a full leather outfit and a um louis vuitton overcoat uh there's just like a lot of adele going on i Mm -hmm. i have to say the coat so garish, so ostentatious, and I thought she looked amazing. I thought that whole ensemble was was incredible.
2: It was fantastic. If you are in a promotion cycle and you're going to the season from you know, what are they called? The opener, not premiere. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Um
0: I was like, this it. Is sports. I, hope, I think it was the it was opening night. It was last opening Tuesday. night
2: uh, of the Lakers season. Where a giant Louis Vuitton coat. I honestly, she draped it over the shoulders in a way that I thought it was a cape for a second where I was like, incredible. Um, the coat, honestly, worn halfway as a cape is even better. Good for her.
0: It was so casual. It looks so effortless. I really, I really enjoyed it. I have to say, I like the second wave of the Adele PR much more than the first wave.
2: Okay. Like, oh, good.
0: Yeah. I just like, I found her 73 questions. Incredibly charming. Should we talk about the song first though before... Yes, because
2: I, I don't know if listeners aren't following Juliet on Instagram, you're missing <laughs> a wealth of like very specific, esoteric um, but relatable pop culture content, primarily focused from the years 2000 to 2007, <laughs> but broadening as it needs to. I'm
0: just and then beautiful. Is that, a, people- is that a comment on um the Clay Thompson Bridget Jones mashup from last week? I mean, it also just a lot of deep Backstreet Boys knowledge
2: that I just, I was there and passionate, but not as passionate as you, so I don't remember it. The other aspect of the content are just very beautiful sunset photos, which Juliet feels are cliche, but I I love to see a sunset.
0: So I just want to note, I'm still in the midst of my Instagram detox. And so when I post something, I download the app, I post it, and then I delete the app. And I'm I'm trying to like not look at who looks at my stories and trying to like not check Instagram at the dead times. Like it's a, it's really like, I'm thinking, I think of Beyonce when she did her like three week diet or something to kick, to become vegan or whatever that was a few years ago. And I'm like, I, it's I think <laughs> it's almost been three weeks. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I will say my Instagram intake is way down and I don't wake up in the morning wanting to check it, which is really positive, but it's still a really tortured relationship. But Anyway, I just wanted to give an update on that. So. I think that's
2: great. That is akin to the press conference that Beyonce called <laughs> after her three weeks of going like vegan or plant based as as I believe she put it, uh, just to let everybody know. so I appreciate that anyway i I do want I encourage you to follow Juliet for when she does actually post things on Instagram. if you missed the instant reaction, Adele uh, easy on me posts from Juliet. I can't, um, I would not say that they were the most
0: enthusiastic, Juliet. No, it, it, the song is very pleasant. <laughs> Adele sounds great. It's pleasant. That's what it is. It's a nice, pleasant song with okay. her. The video I do not care for. Um, I think also like Adele's self folklore. just doesn't work for me. It's actually something that I, I don't think she's she's not good at like the self mythologizing that Taylor Swift does. And part of her appeal is that she's not a self She hadn't been a self mythologizer, but the easy on me video is like a sequel to the hello video. And she's selling the house from hello and easy on me. They're both directed by Xavier Dolan, who is a Canadian filmmaker that she has worked with. Um, now multiple times. I'm sure he's a nice fellow. He's got lovely cinematography. Um, I just didn't, I just think the song is like, if it didn't have one of the, most talented singers of all time singing it would just be like a David Foster song, which she's talented he's good. But I think that's like pretty, it's, it's pretty like middle of the road fair, but that said, I I enjoy it. I've listened to it a bunch of times, but like, it doesn't have the, um, sort of like, just doesn't have like the searing impact of many of the songs from 21 and 19 for that matter. So that,
2: that is true. It is also a later in life sure. song, which is is anything at this point gonna have this searing impact no. well, of someone
0: like you? I don't I don't know. So I've been thinking a lot about the Dixie Chicks' gaslighter album, which is also a divorce album that I absolutely love. Like I just listen to it all the time. I'm going on like, you know, I'm approaching like the third year of listening to it all the time. And I think it came out last in the spring of 2020. So whatever. Anyway, um, and that has so much emotional weight and power to it while also being like peppy and upbeat and and uh iteration forward for them so i i do think it's possible i just think that from I, I just think that adele really likes working with greg kirsten and and i think the success of hello almost like warped like what she should be known for in some ways um but also the songs that she really likes singing and like her favorite of her own songs i think are just not my favorite of her songs like she um I think in in the seventy three questions video, they're like, "What are your favorite songs of your own?" And she said, "What?" And she did a list of like the fan favorites, and it was like, "Someone like you," um, when we were young, or when we were younger, and then one other one that sh- that like I don't really like that much. And I I was I mean I don't dislike it, but it's not one of my favorites. And so I just think that like her view of the platonic ideal of an Adele song is actually not the same as some purist fans like me.
2: Okay, so you're. I really like how you anointed yourself as like the purest Adele fan, as opposed to Adele herself. Adele herself, yeah. <laughs> it's it's good to have opinions. I will say that I listened to "Easy on Me" like before I went to bed the night it was released, which is an uh, honor that I bestow only to basically new Taylor Swift, Kanye West, and Drake songs. And honestly, not the last year and a half of Kanye. To to be quite honest, just you know, I think longer than that. But. Uh, you know, I have like memories of God, what was the Kanye, Paul McCartney, Rihanna song? Like it's four, or, it's five four or five seconds. Great yeah. song. I,
0: I remember listening to that, like well past my bedtime in bed. She looks so stunning in that video. The black and white with, oh my God. And she's wearing yeah. Kanye's denim oversized jacket, a no shirt. She looks amazing. Yeah. I love, I love the gif of her ro- rolling her eyes. Great time and culture.
2: So I did listen to it. I enjoyed it. And then it was in my dream. That night, <laughs> which I thought was like a pretty good testament to its stickiness, right? You know, that it, it did not just like go in one ear and out the other. Um, I I haven't like really cued it up that much since then, but that's just more about me being weird and how I listen to music. But, you know, I thought it w- I liked it. I agree that it wasn't as like instant smash as, I mean, someone like you, obviously, but even Hello, I remember we, I, like, I saw you in person. This is almost, this is like six years Five ago, Five years now, right? ago, yeah. Yeah. And we were, like, kind of right, iffy on ago. Hello.
0: Yeah. really good. And we were wrong. You know? It, I mean, it, it, mean we were wrong in terms of. Or quality. In terms of,
2: in terms of success, I yeah, guess, because is what qual- I should say. Quality,
0: I stand by it. I think sure. I like Hello more than easy on me, but I like them both. Easy on Me feels very much a part, like a of a part of twenty five. So I, that's kind of what I expect for thirty, um, which is cool. Twenty five is good. I will say, like Easy on Me has made me listen to a lot of Adele, but I've been primarily listening to Nineteen. I I love Nineteen, so I just think that she takes some risks with this with the music in a different way. And there's just more instrumentation as she's gotten older. She's kind of paired back. And I think that also speaks to the type of songwriting she likes doing. It does show off her vocals in like a really beautiful way. It's just a different kind of, of music. And, um, you know, I just wanted Adele to be happy, I guess. It's hard to
2: grow up in this spotlight, especially when you've made like your age and your stage in life, like the actual project of totally your music. And it's also hard to evolve as An artist in the, in the spotlight because people do still want you to play the hits, but maybe you want to try something different. And also you obviously still want to be successful. So I'm willing to give her room. How do you feel about it being called 30 now? Now that it's officially 30.
0: Lame. I think it's super lame. I just like, did you, (laughs) did you run out of ideas? You said you weren't going to do this. I think it's totally fine to change your mind, but it's just sort of like boring. I don't know. It's just boring. Okay. I, I, as I
2: still have 30 in my age. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, cool content for me. Sure. I
0: accept. Um, and also I she is 33. That. So she's not even 30. So that's good. I guess okay. I'll just say the songs I've been listening to the most since easy on me came out are best for last cold shoulder, uh, and make you feel my love, which are all from 19. So in case right. you're wondering, okay. Do you want to talk about 73 questions? I sure do. Let's start okay. with the house. what do you think of her house, Amanda? i mean, actually, we didn't really talk about it in depth. So I'm curious what you think. Well, we saw three rooms in the house, maybe it four saw the kitchen. We saw a glimpse of the st- the staircase upstairs. Mm-hmm. We saw a glim- we saw a pretty good shot of like kind of the formal living room and then her right. backyard, right.
2: So I thought they all looked very like cozy and stylish and livable. And that was the main thing. I was like, oh, you actually do live in these rooms. I mean, I'm going to feel like an idiot when it was like Adele rented a second house and had it staged to be the house in 73 questions. Cause she didn't want her real house on the video, <laughs> which like, you know, celebrities could do that, but it did to me look like a very livable, cozy place that like, I would like to stay, you know, like the kitchen seemed very usable. The family room right near the kitchen, you know, you and I have our thoughts about open plan, but you can at least like imagine people in that space. And it like had light Instagram decor vibes, but you know Did it not feel generic.
0: Of? It reminded me of a Pharaoh and Ball ad. Okay. Like, like roots in British design and mm-hmm. English countryside, as she said, but also very like California modern or mo- not modern contemporary. And yeah. so it felt like, and I recently went to the Pharaoh and Ball store in Pasadena, which is, I think, why this comes to mind, but it wow. very, it very much reminded me of like the books at Pharaoh and Ball and like what they would instruct you to do and the photos they would show you of like how to use their paints. Yeah. So that was sort of what I was that was the vibe. I I I liked it a lot, but I, my main thought was like, not this matters for Adele, but I was like, this won't age well. It's so 2020s. Yeah. That like in 10 to 15 years, I just don't know if you know, what, what we'll think of the house and, 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 you know, maybe that doesn't matter. Also, she can probably redesign and refurnish her house every year and it doesn't make a difference to her bottom line. So who cares? But it was just very, very contemporary without, without um, the kind of like West Elmification of mid-century modern. It was a different kind of contemporary.
2: Right. I, I I agree with you. And that's why I'm kind of like, is this really where she lives all of the time? And you could see it, but You know, you could also see her renting out, like, a stage space. I'm not, like, trying to start some weird conspiracy theory here about, like, is it Adele's whatever. But you know what I mean? It did look very, like, I don't want to say generic necessarily,
0: but. Well, she has three houses at the end of a cul-de-sac. Oh, that's for, right yeah. for a combined eighteen thousand square feet. So this might be her second house, you know, like not the one that her ex husband lives in, but like the other one at the that's like right. where she really lives is next door. So right, and maybe right, that's right. like where she spends her days, and then she sleeps in a different one or something like that. Because I that kitchen family room combo reminded me of like a great place to like kind of zone out, make a soup, and have the TV on in the background. But it didn't. Yes, it wasn't actually that functional that that room. Yeah, you well, to I mean, precisely this is- that.
2: This is the main problem of the open floor plan, which is like, I I don't know if you have experienced this in your home, but if you're cooking, then you can't talk or hear the TV or whatever. There's like, there's just a real argument in my home, which is no longer
0: so loudly to be able to hear. Put subtitles.
2: It's tough. And we don't have an open floor plan anymore, even. But my, (laughs) my husband is the barista. I don't know why I'm complaining about this because like someone else in my home makes coffee every morning. Incredible gift, you know, but he insists on grinding the coffee the night before. And so we have like this home coffee grinder. I just like, I don't know. It's his thing. And he always wants to do it when I have like seven minutes left in a show or a movie, like without fail, he has a tremendous internal clock. For being like, oh, is this like the climactic moment in a romantic comedy? Amanda finally had some time to herself. Tom Hanks is finally going to like, you know, declare, like declare his love for Shop Girl. Like, let me do this grinder and then no one can hear anything. (laughs) And we've just like completely ruined the moment and the momentum. And this is just what I wonder with open floor plans all the time. It's great that you can all be together. But then you just, everybody is centered around the freaking coffee grinder. Yeah. Anyway.
0: It's not It's not for me an open floor plan. It never has been, but I did think sure. that seemed like a nice, like, se- like, daytime, like, basically extremely high-end cabana. I love the outdoors. That was my favorite part. Her garden was yeah. really nice.
2: Yeah. How are you feeling about 73 questions in general?
0: Well, I thought Adele actually, like, kind of owned it in a cool way. So it was, like, 93 questions, I think, it ended up being, or 92, something like that. Um, I think the franchise is, like, tired and... Yeah. Uh, like ready for a new gimmick, but on the other hand, she did a good job with it. I I thought she was fun. Um, I I do wonder about some of the scripting and like how many takes they do and and you know do they get the share the script beforehand and sort of like I, I'm interested in the mechanics behind it, but the fact that I'm more interested in the mechanics behind it I think speaks to the expiration date on the franchise that like the content itself is no longer that gleeful. Yeah. I, the scripting and the forced nature of it is getting a little
2: tough for me personally, yeah. even, and that's not a reflection on Adele or, on, or anybody else who's been a part of it, but I like did have to fast forward through some of these at some point. I was like, I'd like to see the house, but it's like, it's like the pause between the scripted like question and the answer that just like makes me physically uncomfortable. Also,
0: if you're going to be doing like a fake activity in your house, like, just make it much more ridiculous. Like, you know who's my favorite 73 questions? It's probably Zac Efron. He was doing, like, really ridiculous stuff in his. Like, I remember they went out into, like, a balcony or whatever. And it was, like, just so fake. It was, it was funny. But, like, Adele acting like she just picked up groceries and is, like, you know, gonna cook something was just such a joke. It wasn't even, it wasn't even funny.
2: Right. Like, putting the onions in the bowl. Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, like, maybe okay. that is
2: where they keep them. But, okay. Yeah.
0: Anyway wasn't that into it but i like that she i think she's just her hair and makeup has been looking great as always and um it was good my favorite moment was when she talked about wanting like needing to have a cozy jumper and she then said sweater and her fake american accent she's like sweater i thought that was really funny (laughs) um i don't know i love Adele. she seems like a like a a fun gal i i I don't know i wish her the best i'm like i'm i'm enjoying her as a human but the the and like, that's why I'm enjoying the press tour more, but seeing her navigate sort of how to do a mega rollout in the time of COVID with her stated ambivalence is pretty fascinating. Cause as we mentioned, she announced last week that she's doing a special with Oprah that will be in Griffith park, I believe. Well, so they filmed a concert, well, they Filmed it. like they the filmed Greek? the concert portion. No at the observatory
2: apparently, oh, gotcha. or like outside the observatory on a Sunday night, I believe. And it was like, you know 300 people like oprah and you know james corden
0: and whoever else her celebrity friends are at this moment were there well um, let's pause on that for a second one of the questions they asked was prince william or prince harry and she mm-hmm. said prince harry you gotta yeah. assume adele is in like is like part of the harry and megan access of celebrity in in los angeles with this oprah and james corden situation it's quite similar to to harry's playbook
2: I think that's true, though. I'm curious how active Harry and Meghan are post-Oprah interview in that space. Mm -hmm. Like, are they chummy? It does seem to me. I don't know a ton about, like, the L.A. to Santa Barbara access of celebrity or celebrity adjacent. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to learn more, but it does seem like they're fairly just ensconced in the Santa Barbara
0: of it all. I think the Britishness of it though is what yeah, is, that's true. is the glue between Harry, Adele and James Corden. It's sort of like three of the most famous British people currently alive outside of Harry's relatives. Right. Um, so I think that, and, and Ben Winston, who's um, the right. head of Fullwell 70, Full 73. is also British. He also, I don't know if jam session listeners remember this, but he hit, my favorite Ben Winston fact is not that I saw him having dinner at Pache once and thought that he was really hot, but that he, (laughs) um, uh, Harry Styles lived with him and his wife in England in this sort of early 1d or uh, immediate post 1d years, essentially. And like, he's really close to Harry Styles and he's like his mentor. Um, and I believe he's a modern Orthodox Jew. So there's just lots of layers to Ben Winston. So I find it fascinating. Um, but yeah, I just think like seeing Adele navigate this ambivalence I think I feel the ambivalence and that's why like I'm kind of ambivalent about it too like I feel like she's not really giving me a cause to get behind like with Taylor Swift right now who by the way remember when Taylor was like surprise dropping red a week early yeah Taylor. we we know to avoid Adele thanks (laughs) um I do feel like Taylor Swift has always given her fans a cause whether it's like fuck this boyfriend or the girl squad on stage or reclaiming my music from the big bad men of the music industry Adele's not giving me a cause like and her cause is herself and she's like, I'm, I'm flying. This is my time. Go easy on me. And that's great. I think that's a good like empowerment message and I'm happy for her, but it's just, it's a little hollow post girl boss era. Well, I, I think that's
2: an incredibly insightful point about marketing and how to rally a group of people around your project and promotion and what Taylor Swift instinctively understands so well. And I'm also, like, very glad to not have to really deal with a cause right now for Adele. <laughs> it's I Like, I am. I just, I, you know, it's just like, here's some music. Enjoy it if you'd like. I, like, thank you. That's great. I have a lot of other things on my plate. So I personally am thrilled about that. Now, does that get me to, like, tweet a lot about Adele and, you know, like, buy whatever expanded record thing or do, like, do all of the things that... Um, Taylor Swift's fans do for her to kind of cement her extreme success and, and wealth. No, it doesn't. I'm doing like jack shit for Adele besides talking about her on this podcast with you and being like, yeah, thank you for the music. And I wonder if it's like enough, if that kind of fan musician interaction is enough to be like, quote, successful in 2021.
0: You know? Yeah. It's like, she really wants the music to stand on its own, which I obviously really respect and and whatnot, but I don't know that the music is original enough for that. It's not that it's not good enough, but it's sort of like, I don't know. It just doesn't have this, um, novel feeling to it that I do think is necessary if you're not going to have a more elaborate Trojan horsing of your music like Taylor Swift. I mean, Taylor Swift has made, has spent the last, well, she released two new albums, but she's really spent the last year retreading her old music and like making it a big deal. She's a, right. a marketing genius. so Right. Yeah. And and then you look at someone like Lil Nas X who is just like, you know, ju- isn't is not to be probably another he's another marketing genius with good music, but he presents it in such like a radical way by the standards of pop music that it it garners like outsized attention.
2: Well, yeah, of course, it, to be a mega pop star now, what you do beyond the music is arguably more important than the music
0: itself yeah Um, it's it's almost like we're holding adele being so classy against her i don't mean to do that but it just it it speaks to the pop music it's not even it's not even
2: like classy it's just like an old school thing she's still you know targeting people who are of a certain age shall we say and listen to music and are like oh i like this as opposed to kind of creating a whole identity around being a fan of a thing and doing all of the extra work, which really does seem how you get success now. Like I, my Instagram feed is filled with unbelievably charming videos of Harry Styles in concert right now. He's on tour. It looks like a delightful time. And it I'll does. Honest, I've maybe heard two Harry Styles songs. Like I, like I, I just, I don't interact with this music. I don't know where I would hear it. I, I'm a huge, you know. I'm not a fan, but I like, I'm very pro Harry Styles, but I don't seek out the music. But that doesn't matter. It's like the music is the least important thing in what's going on. It's like how cool he looks on stage and all of these people wanting to be sort of in a community with him. So it's just what Adele's doing is like very old school. And that might be okay because she has an older school fan base. Right. And because it's also seems like there are plenty of young people online who are still willing to like invest in in her without all of the extra stuff. I mean, this like immediately broke all streaming like 24-hour records. I think the 73 questions got like 4 million views within 24 hours, which is a lot. Crazy. Even though I like I feel like Kendall talking about from Succession talking about views. Um so she might just be grandfathered in. Right. But I'm I'm kind of glad. I appreciate the old schoolness. I'm just embracing my age as well as Adele's age uh, on this project.
0: It's pretty wild. Yeah. The 73 Questions of Adele now has 10 million views. Some of these just have like so many. 73 questions of Taylor Swift from five years ago has 32 million. Okay. Well, 73. She's very questions popular. With Cardi B from one year ago has 26 million. Also very popular. Just a popular franchise anyway, people, people spend a lot of time on the internet. Tell me about it. I'm trying to spend less as I ex- already explained. <laughs> this is my second podcast of the day where I've talked about my, um, I think my it's Instagram good habits, to so. have public accountability. You know, we all support you <laughs> on your journey. Thank you so much. Well, we're all in the Adele journey too. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to the album, I guess. It'll be good to listen <laughs> to in the car. I know I am Ad- new Adele music is great.
2: You will find some deep cuts that you really like and yeah. you'll be passionate about. And that's, that's your journey. True. All and I ask that's great. From,
0: from 25, I, I really love. That's because Bruno, Bruno Mars wrote it. That's the Bruno Mars
2: wrote it. Yes, we know. at this <laughs> point. I've heard <laughs> you talk about that song more than I've heard that song, but I also really have listened good. to it several times because you played it for me. It's a very good song. <laughs> so, you know, there will be a song for you on this album. I hope, I hope so.
0: <sighs> Let's move on. You mentioned Kendall from Succession. Yeah. A few weeks ago, we talked about how Cousin Greg is sort of like the celebrity face of the show. Mm -hmm. And man, is that not slowing down? He's just like taken New York and the the papers by storm, including this uh, New York Post story that came out a couple of days ago, which the headline was how Nicholas Braun, Cousin Greg on Succession, became New York City's hottest bachelor. And all these stories begin at the same place, which is how he bartends at Rays bar yeah, he tends bar at Rays, which is on the lower east side. um I believe that the my the majority owner of that establishment is Justin Thoreau, so it's like a celebrity bar space. You can go there to see him if you'd like to, um and he just like there's a lot of just stories flying around about him being a ladies man. um You didn't really care that much about this last time we discussed it. It's not cu- that I didn't. I'm curious of <laughs> your opinion. If your interest has increased,
2: <laughs> it's not that I didn't care. I was just like, I think that this is like a very funny niche thing that is happening uh, in the New York, in New York, and in the New York like media scene, where like cousin Greg has become, you know, an it guy to. A certain crowd of people. And to get this, like, fairly delightful, but also super embarrassing New York Post piece about you as the city's hottest bachelor confirms it in really delightful ways. Like, listen, this is a story that talked to someone who DM'd him on Instagram, another person who, like, got the vaccine the same time as him, and someone who goes to the bar in question, like, to maybe see if he's there. You know, this is not like a wide swath of the world, like being like, yes, it's Cousin Greg mania. But the specifics of this piece, like he's on Raya, he goes to the Odeon, which is a um restaurant in Tribeca where like, it, you know, famously in the 80s and Bright Lights, Big City, but it's now just like where just a great restaurant other, like downtown people go it's great it was it's one of the Keith McNally's but then it went to his brother anyway but it's like it's Keith like McNally, a
0: scene. great Instagram follow he's a maniac check it out anyway I mean yeah
2: <laughs> we don't endorse everything that Keith McNally says on his Instagram but uh just a good follow know, a, a good follow and I would give anything to be able to go to Balthazar even though I live currently in Los Angeles um so he's just doing this like very funny minor HBO celebrity like New York thing that I'm very amused by and that people are following it is just also very funny. It's reassuring in a way. I feel like this happened with like some of the like girls characters I was just gonna say who 10 are years his, ago.
0: Who were his antecedents? That was just yeah. what I was gonna ask you. Like who who's who's uh whose shoes are you, is he walking in? So it's like less
2: Adam Driver because Adam Driver became so famous so quickly. But like and also Phenomenal actor. A phenomenal. That's true. And it like it was like not totally pigeonholed forever by his the character that he's playing. Adam Driver cannot be pigeonholed by girls or Star Wars. He's just Adam yeah, Driver. He's Adam Driver. But I think all of the supporting cast of girls, not Lena Denham, but like Jemima, Jemima Kirk, Kirk Allison Williams, Christopher Abbott. The guy you who know, I Ray. was like a, what was his name? Yeah. The guy, he was at every party that I have, that I ever went to in New York and I did not go to that many parties. So if I was just like, Oh, this guy's here, I think it was Alex Karpovsky. Yes. And he just like showed up and was like, I am a side character on this hit HBO show. Let me go to every single bar below 14th (laughs) street through Brooklyn just like all of them all at once like if you told me that he had figured out cloning in order to be able to be at 40 different places at once I would believe you but it's just it's a very very funny niche thing that happens but then it's compounded by the fact that he's just known as cousin Greg to everyone and so he actually like is more famous than all of those girls people just because cousin Greg is like an internet meme and and so it, it is like a almost like I don't really understand how Pokemon Go works, but Mm, you're like hunting Pokemon, right? In the real world. And it's just like a lot of people like hunting Cousin Greg in the wild. And
0: I'm pretty amused by it. So I am amused by it too. Also, I, on Sundays, read or click through Sunday Spotted on Demois on Instagram on my iPad. And um, so a couple of weeks ago, there was a post that Demois put up saying a journalist was writing a story about Nicholas Braun being a ladies man. It was going to be super positive and was trying to like get people's stories. So I now assume this was the story that she was uh, referring to. And moreover, I do think this is like partially driven by Demois and I, it's been kind of, how long has it been with Demois now? Like a year, year plus I Feel like we first talked about it last summer, summer 2020.
2: Yeah. I think it
0: probably existed before the pandemic, but when oh, yeah. it took, was inside, I was Yeah. Yeah. I remember it took off during, during that first summer, but um, I remember looking at a post of Jack's back in like June or July of uh, 2020. Anyway, uh, it's been interesting watching Domois sort of evolve into less rumor mongering and more just straight up sightings and some blind items, but like the Sunday spotted, I think is sort of like the signature of the account at this point. And as a result, there's a, like, you know, at the beginning, like Chris Knoth was like a really big celebrity that they covered and John Mayer was another. And so like instead of like kind of trying to out people for whatever transgressions they they may have committed or are alleged to have committed, it just has become Gawker Stalker for the 21st century or this or for excuse me, for this decade. And Nicholas Braun is like one of the main characters in, in this version of Gawker Stalker.
2: Yeah. And my other understanding is that it's all publicists now submitting mm-hmm. to Dumois or not all, but a lot of, and i th- Well, the
0: Nicholas Braun experience seems very managed.
2: Yeah. It's a lot of like quote work in PR, which we'll come back to. So, you know, yeah, who can say, but, but people who are using it as a placement system, um, because there's no vetting and they kind of understand that if it's on Dumois, then all of the tabloids start investigating whether there's anything they can, you know, and it like shows up on Twitter. So it's basically just free publicity at this point, and I do wonder how much cousin Greg spotting is. People is like his team versus people who are kind of like in on it now. I mean, it really does feel like a meme. It's a meme in New York party form at this yeah. point. Yeah, so it's
0: also really good for his bar. I mean, like I didn't care about. Cousin Greg and, and Justin Thoreau's bar, and now I like know I know all about it. I'm like, yeah, Ray's. It's co-owned by Justin Thoreau and, and Nicholas Braun, and like probably other people whose names we don't know. So it's like very infrequently one owner of like a bar or a restaurant. So because mm-hmm. it's so hard, fucking hard to actually make successful. So this is a great way to make your bar take off and become a hot spot. You know? Yeah. It's almost like it's almost like New York version mm-hmm. of Sir. It's like you can go here and see Sheena, or you can see Cousin Greg bartending.
2: Yeah, it's like I guess town. so. I'm just looking back at this article. It's like a neighbor of his and then people he DMs on Instagram. This It's so, it's yeah. so local. It's this so is th- basically like a group chat, but just published <laughs> in the New York Post. And that's the charm of it. What was
0: the name of that um, hyper local news patch? It's like a patch.com article. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, I good for Cousin Greg. I hope he's happy.
2: Cousin Greg's so funny on the show. I've thought a lot about the answer,
0: uh, the question okay. that you asked me. To who's more trapped in their role forever? John yeah. Hamm with, with Dondre Burr, yes. Nicholas Braun, Cousin Greg.
2: I do actually think it's Cousin Greg. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, obviously Mad Men, more people have seen Mad Men. Succession is a wonderful show. Watch it. Is check out true? all of
0: Succession is a wonderful show. No, that more people have seen Mad Men
2: yeah i i do actually think so i think because the i believe the season premiere of succession was like 1.4 or 1.6 million people okay. watched it now that's just live obviously people are catching you know it doesn't do streaming or all sorts of things and mad men also started small but at this point in their runs i do think mad men like grew more of a i just had more time sure. to gain an audience and so and more, more people more it. that's it not to, yeah that's not to say that Succession won't get there, but just kind of where we are in the run. Also, Don Draper is, you know, the star of Mad Men and Cousin Greg is a, you know, meme. So and a supporting character. So I I think that's part of it is that just because he's not quite like a punchline. And in fact, Cousin Greg might play a major role in season three, but like he's just off to the side. Right. As Cousin Greg. So he's not going to have like any time to earn anything really beyond being Cousin Greg. And I just don't know what else he'll do that will offer him... Like, even now when we're talking about his social life, it's on a very small scale and we're calling him Cousin Greg. We know a lot about John Hamm's social life. of his penis. Yes, exactly. We know about <laughs> all of those photos. We He exists as a person who is like inextricably inextricably linked with don draper but is his own person yeah and cousin
0: cousin greg is cousin greg i think also with, with john ham he has had a few other roles that you can like point to and be like okay like this man's an actor like he was on 30 rock i heard never saw it um but he he's in ringer fan favorite uh or ringer staff favorite i should say the town very like you know Oh yeah he, which is like... It's
2: true. He Now, for the last decade, he's just played, like, the mean FBI guy in all crime movies.
0: Yeah. And I don't... And um, I think he's also in uh, Baby Driver, right? Yes. Um, That's, like, a totally different lifetime when Baby Driver was cool. Anyway. <laughs> um, I think there are, like, some other roles you can point to. To me, he's Jennifer Westfeld's ex. And then, sure. you know, right. it's just, like, a lot... He was on an right. episode of Gilmore Girls, whatever. He's almost, like, the world's most famous character actor who, who ended up yeah. You know, I guess people say that uh, Brad Pitt, but he's actually a leading man and John Hamm has many more character actor roles anyway. I have no idea if cousin Greg is a good actor. Like is Nicholas Braun a good actor? I literally have no idea. Like he might just be cousin Greg and like he's like doing a performance like he's on a podcast and like turning himself up like 50%. Right. I actually have no idea if he's a good actor because I've never seen him do anything else. I didn't see Zola. I'm really sorry. Uh, I don't think anyone did. So, no one knows if he's a good actor. I saw it and it was hard for me to overlook the cousin brightness of it. Maybe
2: he'll <laughs> get there, but I do think there is like a bit of McLovin to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in the meantime, I just hope he's having a good time living milk his it, downtown man. New York life. Yeah. It doesn't it's, last
0: forever. I we'll see really you on a Bravo fine. show in 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> All right. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.
1: This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership, visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles and your car, Jiffy Lube, Car More, to find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com.
0: Another uh, Demois seated story this week is a question that many mm-hmm. many outlets are asking: Have John Mulaney and Olivia Munn already broken up? Demois suggested that they have. But there, and then Us Weekly ran an article um, saying that they have, but there's no definitive evidence and no statements from any publicists or uh, John Mulaney or Olivia Munn,
2: except for the publicists who submitted things to Demois, sure. which
0: to get the story and, going. Yeah, exactly. I, I have a conspiracy theory. Is it possible yes. that John Mulaney's ex-wife started this rumor?
2: No, I don't think so. I think that she's on her own journey on TikTok showing people how to put a duvet cover or a duvet into a duvet cover, which is admittedly an extremely hard task and something that I always have a breakdown doing. But I didn't really feel like her hack was a hack. You know, well, it was more I just like crawl inside the duvet.
0: That's not what you have to do. This is what you do. You turn it inside <laughs> out and then you put your you put your hands inside of it to the opposite corners and then you pinch yeah. The, your duvet, and then you shake it until it falls over and it, it works. It is like a full body workout.
2: But so no, I think that a publicist assistant or someone who was at like a party once or someone who knows some of them submitted this. I have no idea whether it's true, but I, the way in which they're Honestly, their relationship was never really rolled out. The fact that they're having a baby together, and that was like, you know, important to John Mullaney and his, you know, recovery was very carefully managed and rolled out on Seth Myers in a way that suggested to me that a lot of this is going through publicists. So mm-hmm. I could see this also sort of going through publicists. The the one I wanted to point out was there was a second update that I, there's just, again, no verification. I have no idea whether this is true. Another person who quote works in PR is like, I heard that it was because he was cheating with another A-list celebrity, but who not someone who would be obvious to the public. And I like, this has kept me up at night. This is like, I don't know. And part of that is because I don't know what a publicist or a PR assistant who is submitting to Dumois considers A-list. I think what I've read, which is like pretty small, is like a very wacky understanding of A-list, B-list, and C-list with, on, that, on that Instagram account. What are some names
0: that are floating around? I haven't seen any. Oh. My mind went to like Amy Poehler. Okay. I Wow. That would be quite something. I bet it's a comedian, um, okay. if, if that's true. Um, the answer to that in 2013 would have been Lena Dunham. Like, that's okay. just, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh, Lena Dunham got married. I forgot to mention that. She had a wedding. Taylor Swift. Yeah. Congratulations Congrats. to her. Yeah. Which I run the best. Yeah. but
2: <laughs> I, So at this point, I find that I spend all my time with these leaks trying to decipher the weird internal logic of an anonymous person who submits to an unverified anonymous Instagram account. And then I'm like, I need to log off. That's when I am like, it is time for Amanda to delete the Instagram app, to delete all of the, to delete everything. Because I, like, I've i caught myself on like the doom Reddit page, <laughs> reading various analyses of a list, B list and C list. And I just, I have a life Juliet. I have, I have, well, goals like, and things to do outside of this, I can't do it
0: anymore. Is Addison Ray a list?
2: I don't know. I I mean, not to me. But <laughs> me neither. What does a list mean? Is it a list according to like old Hollywood, you know, standards? Is it according just to followers? No idea. Is it? I mean, it seems pretty subjective. I, I, who can say?
0: Not I. That's for sure. Yeah. Um. Well. I hope we find out. I have a feeling we will. We'll I think see. we will.
2: I'm sure it will be, you know, leaked, and then you and I, I will spend a lot of time very angrily trying to parse whether I, I think
0: that's an appropriate list for this person to be on. Anyway, good luck to everybody. good health. luck. We're going to talk about Kirsten Dunst's home, but I just want to say one thing that I don't want to forget, which is uh-huh. um, we have a continued interest in in the Rosewood Miramar in Santa Barbara becoming yes. like like a celebrity hotspot. And last week, that is where. Um, Travis Barker proposed to Courtney Kardashian. They're now engaged, and I just just wanted to note it that you know we we got we see you Rosewood Miramar. We see what's happening, right? Just and just I, I want it was people to film, understand. Film for the show I was like okay, so you had no fee for them to film there. Is that what happened? Like just whatever.
2: I think the the Rosewood Miramar has probably twenty yards max of oceanfront property, which they've like you know developed entirely. And that's that's like kind of the width. And then it's probably 10 feet. No, that's wrong. Maybe like 30 feet from the Rosewood miramar bar to the ocean. But it's like a very small plot of land with development on all sides. And the way that they tried to photograph it is like, you know, they found this like, you know, beautiful private beach. And he set up this whole thing. But it's essentially, they just set up a giant proposal in the middle of this resort in like downtown Celebrity Montecito. It's like getting married at, or getting engaged at downtown Disney. <laughs> like if anyone was staying at the Rosewood Miramar and had an ocean view room, they were, had a front row seat to this proposal just for you guys to understand the angles that are going on here. It was just like downtown Montecito Beach. Proposal not private at all, which is like fine, as you said, they did it for the show. They are seeking publicity, but I just want people to understand the angles it's
0: noted. Thank you, Amanda. We needed yeah. to mention that lastly, a passion of yours. We book in this book and this podcast with passions. We started mm-hmm. with Adele we end with with yours. Kirsten dunst's house in the valley an on on architectural digest. What aspect of this would you say is your biggest passion? Architectural digest home tours? I do. Yes. But also Kirsten Dunst. Yeah. It's
2: really half and half for me. And the thing that I liked about this is that I, you know, everything that is in architectural digest at this point has some like on trend elements or whatever, but I felt that this was a like very personal home. It doesn't look like all the other homes. There is, there's a lot going on. She talks about her relationship with her designer Uh, Jane Hallworth, who she's been working with for like 20 years and who's featured in it. I like that she doesn't pretend that it's just her, you know, she's like, no, that here is the person who did all the work, but it, it just looks like someone's own particular taste as opposed to the kind of stagey contemporary quality of some of these other homes.
0: Yeah. It's like, it's almost like they took Adele's house and then made it really, really like the just sort of personal and, and unique because it has a yeah. lot of the same bones. Um, it's really beautiful. Like just sort of the cabinets are very similar, but like actually painted a color and whatever. I, it's it's really nice. It doesn't look that comfortable to me, but like if this is your style, then it then it would be comfortable.
2: Yes. And it's not all the color choices that I would make. I mean, this is like not how I would decorate my house, but in the video, she talks about all the things she doesn't like, which is I think she doesn't like white kitchens. She doesn't like open floor plans. She maybe like, doesn't like accent walls. She has opinions, which I just really appreciate. And mm-hmm. you can tell that they're her own as opposed to like the limes in Dakota Johnson's home that apparently she doesn't like limes, which is still the funniest internet conspiracy of all time. I just, I still think it's also amazing when you get to go into people's actual houses. I This is considered like a safe celebrity thing to do, right? Because you don't like have to reveal too much. But I, I think there's a lot revealed in actually... Oh, yeah, a person's home.
0: absolutely. I totally agree. I, I happen to love her kitchen. It is kind of like the opposite of like the contemporary California white kitchen at this point, yeah. but I really like it. It's like just beautiful tile, beautiful countertops, and this like really rich paint it's really it's really nice. I also love her landscaping. like I think she it's really contextual with San Fernando Valley and like it but it looks airy. It's beautiful. She looks yeah. she did a great job it's a, it's a, It's a really unique house. I can't think of anything else like this in quite some time. And
2: I appreciate that there are just a tremendous number of like flexes throughout the piece of being like, "Oh, I bought this you know, chest uh, when I was doing Marie Antoinette, and it like came from France, and it did, you know, she's like these are very specific pieces accumulated over time, which is yeah. cool
0: yeah, it is it is cool. and she she's kind of like best case scenario for a child star or a teen star. She's really grown up nicely it's been it's I been a pleasure so. to watch. yeah, I'm a fan. <laughs> Great stuff. Check it out in Architectural Digest. Well, I I just want to say that I think I agree. It's Nicholas Braun, more trapped, okay. but that could change much younger. Got, that's got true. More, I, th- more th- Braun That's way. like
2: right now with the yes. information that we have, which is all of the information <laughs> that we can have, you know, we're doing our best.
0: I agree. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Erica Cervantes for producing this episode. And we'll be back next week with a holiday gift guide. You know, you may have heard supply chain issues. Those are your shopping early. We're going (laughs) to kick November off. Right. So we will be back then and look forward to it.